Welcome to Stories in Stone. We've got a special guest for you this week, someone near and dear to uh, Kyle's, Kyle and I's hearts, and uh, <laughs> yeah, someone that we get to work with a lot, and we want to share her story. It is Teresa Aubert, and, uh, or Obert? Obert, I'm pretty sure it's Obert. You want to start over again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to give it the more uh, the European flair. A little flair. more flair. Yeah. Some flair to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll keep this in and just uh, really publicly hey, shame me. Um, that, that works. Uh, but no, it's good to. It was good to talk to her and learn a little bit. Like we had an idea, but we got to learn a little bit more on her background. And um, I mean, she's a top performer too, so it's always good to, to hear from them and. Uh, the big thing, big takeaway for me on this one was just the importance of relationship and everything and how when hard, hard times come, especially in sales, revert back to relationship. How can you treat others well, help them out? That'll come back to you. Uh, and she does a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. Relationship, uh, change management, a lot of good stuff on that. You won't be disappointed. Uh, we'll just get you right to the our conversation with Teresa Obert uh, after this. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you as you go through the job? Action Flow has an answer for each of these questions, and it, it will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. And welcome all. Welcome, Kyle. Teresa, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited. For those that don't know, Teresa's on the Action Flow team with us, uh, but I'm I'm excited to get to know Teresa even a little more uh, than I already do. Dive into the what makes Teresa tick. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sure. We'll probably be here for hours. We'll just cut out the uh, the couple minutes that that we need to. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. No doubt. This is a, this is going to be a great conversation where, yeah, I have a lot of experience and, uh, yeah, knowledge through the stone industry. So we'll look to tap into that. Uh, hinted at it already, but why don't you just uh, give us what your current role is, how long you've been serving in it, uh, and what the company is. No spoilers. Great. So I am a sales rep at Action Flow. I have been here for about nine months now. Sweet. It's only been nine months. I think it's nine yeah, months. That's yeah, that's right. Time <laughs> flies. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple other hard-hitting questions that we usually get out of the way. Uh, your favorite dessert right now? Favorite dessert? I will have to say mug cakes. My daughter makes the most amazing mug cakes. Mm. And I don't know what that is. 
So good. It's a cake you make in a mug and you throw it in the microwave and it takes like two minutes. Mm. And it and it can be all types of cakes. Oh yeah. Mm. Like you can make cookies or chocolate cake. I'm or... gonna need you to send this to me afterwards because I will send you the recipe. There's a there's it's a lot of mugs easy. on my desk right now. <laughs> there that you might go. motivate me you to clean them up. <laughs> yeah, put a cake in it. <laughs> There you go. Nice. There you go. And then uh, anything that you've been listening to recently, any summer jams? Uh, yeah, what's on the playlist right now? Oh, uh, I really, I like to listen to 80s music. You know, we have dance parties at our house sometimes with the kids. So. Sweet. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I why don't we do what would you say? I, I can't wait till my son's old enough to do the dance party. Like we kind of do it now, but like when it's real, when you can really party on with your kids, oh, I, yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And they've got some moves. They got all these new moves. Yeah. <laughs> can't keep up with the new moves. Oh. <laughs> cool. Well, so, we're, yeah, we're called Stories in Stone. We're interested in just hearing people's journeys through the stone industry. Uh, but take us back even maybe before the stone industry. What were you doing? Where would you go to college? Did you go to college? What, yeah, what was early, early career, Teresa? All right. So I went to college at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri. Um I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I graduated with a degree in business management. Um, and after college, I thought, you know, I was going to have a great job and everybody's going to want to hire me. And that's not necessarily what happened. Um, right out of college, I ended up working at a stable. Um, I love animals. I love horses. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, I can't find a job, so I'll just go and muck stalls and get to hang out with the horses and stuff. So I did that for a short time, wow. then thought I probably need to get a job, like an actual job. You um, didn't see a career so, in, uh, in horse, the horse no, industry? No, it, it was hard work. Okay. Like, <laughs> you're out in the heat and sweating all day, and yeah, that was that was Mucking stalls is like... Something. Not up there on things you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun being around the animals, but yeah, that was not what I wanted to do. So, um, I actually had reached out to a, um, uh, placement company and they were, um, I'd worked with them before over, uh, uh, the summers for college, they would place me at different places. So, I uh, reached out to them and they had an opportunity for me to be a receptionist at a plumbing supply house. So I thought, oh, well, that 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 sounds interesting. So I worked there, um, eventually got into doing marketing and sales for that plumbing supply company and then decided after, oh gosh, I think it was three, four years there, um, to get out of the industry and go to work for a, um, IT placement company in sales. I worked there for a short time. 
that is a really hard business. I feel for people that have to place people and, mm. um, yeah, that was recruiter. That's a mm. tough job. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to get back into the construction industry. So I had reached out to some people at the plumbing supply place. They said, Hey, I'm looking for probably something in sales. And they said, Oh, we know someone that's hiring. Why don't you reach out to this company? So I called the owner of the fabricator and said, Hey, I'm looking for a job. And he said, well, why don't you come in? I talked to them. They hired me. Um, so I worked for the fabricator Hallmark stone for 14 years. Um, that was wow. a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. And then can we, after that, oh, can oh, we stop ahead. you there? Tip, a question that we like to ask, uh, when you, when you started for Fred at Hallmark, what was the initial, like, yeah, you've been in these other industries. Your, what was your, your first initial impression. impression of the stone industry? Um, I would say it's just the, it's a dangerous business as far as you're working with these huge slabs that are super heavy and safety is top priority. Um, and just watching the shop move around these slabs and then sometimes if something would fall or break, just that was so scary mm -hmm. because you can get seriously injured in, in that industry for sure. Um, so that was something that was kind of an eye opener, just how you had to be careful around the material and stand back when they're moving the material to be safe. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I remember that as well. Just going to like my first, just visiting the shop and having to give a wide berth to some of those slabs. You're like, I, yeah, just something that never crosses your mind before you're up close. And walking in and being like, don't be an idiot, don't be an idiot, don't be an idiot, don't mess something up that they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. That would be mine. <laughs> well, and keeping customers, you know, from getting too close, it's like, nope, stay back. Because um, I've seen it happen where you're standing there and then that, you know, cracks in the clamp and falls to the ground and you're, you know, it can be scary mm -hmm. to watch mm -hmm. for sure. So you, Hallmark, so how did you came in in sales initially at Hallmark? Like what was your progression at Hallmark there? Yeah. So, um, I was in sales pretty much the whole time at Hallmark. Um, we were, we worked strictly wholesale, mm -hmm. uh, which, so I was calling on builders, contractors, kitchen and bath shops. Um, so those were the my customers. And it was, that was early 2000, 2002. Um, so things were really getting started in the stone industry. Um, more and more people were putting granite and quartz into their homes. Um, so it was an exciting time. Um, since we were wholesale, it was, um, you know, sometimes customers would come into your shop and say, Hey, I want to buy from you. And you'd say, well, we need to go through our, um, through a kitchen and bath or contractor. But that's really, I think what set us apart because a lot of other fabricators were maybe working with the retail customer. And by going through the wholesale side of things, we had that consistent growth. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because you kept going into those uh, customers and they would keep buying from you and you get to build relationships with them. And that's, that's what I enjoyed. I got to know each of my customers really well and they were just, um, you know, they became family over 14 years. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. So you were working with like hoods and, uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones around here. Uh, RSI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Big ones, small ones. We also worked with the home centers, okay. Lowe's, Home Depot. Um, well, so I didn't that really work. You didn't do much with them. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't calling on them. So, okay. um, so that but, was 2002 yeah. when you started there. So then yeah. you had a nice little chunk of like, I'm curious. Uh, you had what six years before the Great Recession comes? What yeah. was that? I'm sure there was a shift that happened. Everyone had to scramble and adjust at that point. What was that experience like for you all, especially in sales? Yeah, that that was that was tough. Um, I mean, we were we were growing like crazy. We um, you know had implemented a lot of processes. Fred's very smart business person and he, um, you know, we had implemented processes. And so we were, we were really flying. And then, you know, end of 2008, I think it was, um, I got a call from one of my kitchen and baths and they're like, Hey, this builder just shut their doors. Um, mm -hmm. and no, maybe that was 2007. Um, but this builder just shut their doors and they said, Oh, sorry. And there's people getting ready to close and all of this. And we're like, wow, that's really interesting. Things are really going well right now. And then slowly you started seeing this decline. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was scary. Um, we, we had to shift. Um, I mean, a lot of the business, it was pretty well diversified between the home center and, builders, kitchen and baths. So we had a good amount of remodel and new construction, but yeah, new construction just crashed. Mm. Um, but you know, we had to make some adjustments and, and things, but you know, came out of it and, um, but it took a while. Mm. And I remember people talking to, um, other industry professionals and, um, like the HBA and they're like, yeah, it's going to be five years before we see, you know, us come out of this and everybody's sitting there thinking five years, no way. Um, but yeah, it seemed to take, it took a mm. while. What did you learn in, uh, about sale? Like how did it change your sales technique? What did you learn from that, that time? Um, it, I think it was just the, the consistent relationships. I mean, we had relationships with a lot of our customers before this happened. And I think because of those relationships, um, you know, people stuck with us and, you know, there were people that went out of business and, um, but they, you know, we made more commitments to these people that we would take care of them, mm -hmm. you know, offering better lead times, offering, you know, things like that, that, um, I think really helped us through that, through that tough time. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's, uh, a, 
scary time for everyone. And like, yeah, how do you learn to take it? Like when it's not just, it's not as easy, right? Like I think maybe before yeah. then it was before the recession was just like churn, churn, churn right through. And now you had to go into building those relationships. What did you do? Uh, like what were your best habits of, of following up with these builders and everything? What did that, what was that pattern for you? Um, yeah. I mean, we, I, since I was an outside sales, I was on the road most of the time. So going in, visiting with them, um, you know, bringing them donuts or cookies or whatever, but, um, you know, working on ways to, um, help them, um, you know, like where, where can we adjust, you know, maybe coming up with better programs for their customers where maybe we can save them a little bit of money. Um, you know, being that, that trusted advisor to those, to those builders, mm-hmm. um, and Baz and, um, yeah. And we, I mean, we had a, we were pretty strong in St. Louis. So I think that held some weight too, for a lot of these people knowing that, you know, we're not going to go anywhere um, because there were people that were closing and it was, it was um, tough and, you know, people didn't want to start a relationship or continue a relationship with somebody that might, you know, end up going out of business like some other places had been. So, yeah. 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 There's just like that feeling out period at the time. Like, okay, what's going to happen? You okay? We're okay. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I feel like that's happening again. Like, it's starting to happen again right now where like things were gangbusters and like sales just rolled in and maybe some sales reps uh, got used to just taking those relationships for granted and just churning them out. Yeah. So like refocusing on that relationship aspect moving forward and just setting up uh, processes or just reminders for yourself of like, and keeping detailed notes of, Hey, this is the last time I called on them. This is the relationship. This is what we did. Like, yeah. it's just, you have to dig for it a little bit more. And I feel like that's coming back around uh, a little bit more, but yeah. And, and out of sight, out of mind, right. if people don't see you, they forget about you. So, you know, just making sure that you're in front of those people, calling them, yeah, visiting them. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So then 14 years, Hallmark, what was the, what was the yep. next step? Um, I decided, you know, I think I want to maybe try something different, like get out of the industry again. So I thought, well, back to horses, um, back to horses, no, <laughs> not horses this time. Um, it was a company that, uh, made your landline, a textable number. And that was in 2016. And I thought, man, this could be something that could be so helpful for a lot of different businesses. So um, I went there for a couple years um, and it was fine, but I missed the construction industry. Mm. I, I, I love this industry. My, my dad was always tinkering around in his workshop. I would go down and help him. Um, and I love building things and remodeling and all of that. It's just fun for me. So getting back into that industry was, um, was something that I'm just like, you know, I need to get back in. So um, a supplier had reached out and said, hey, we're looking for someone, um, we're looking for a salesperson at this supplier. 
So I went, I interviewed with them, got the job, and then went on the supply side for about three years. How was that different from just like, what was the shift that it was very similar? Just. Um, I think the biggest difference was the forecasting sales on the supply side is different than on the fab side. Because on the fab side, you know, it doesn't matter what color people are buying. You just know that those are the jobs that, um, you know, you've got jobs coming up, mm-hmm. you know, talking to your builders, contractors, remodelers, you know, those jobs are, are coming up. But on the supply side, you kind of had to figure out what, what colors were going to sell, how much of those colors were going to sell. And, you know, it takes two to four months from the time you order till the time you get it. Mm. So that was different. Um, And then with natural stone, you could bring in a container of this color that sells like hotcakes, same color with natural stone, Mm -hmm. totally different. And it's just sitting there. So... (laughs) <laughs> that was another challenge, knowing exactly what people are looking for. You know, oh, this this slab has too much pink in it or red. This slab is a little too green for me, mm. you know, so. Yeah, you're a little bit more um, at the mercy of the slab. And, yeah, a little less in control of what's going on. Right, right. So, so that was a big difference. Um, but it was it was fun getting to know the other fabricators, because I only knew one, Mm -hmm. but, you know, getting to know your competition from before, Mm -hmm. um, now they're your customers and just all the amazing people that are in the industry Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, every shop's a little bit different. Everybody does things a little bit different. And, you know, with the expertise that I had on the supply or on the uh, fab side, you know, it was nice to be able to talk shop with, with a lot of these, these yeah. people. Was there anything that you picked up, like going and talking to your former competitors where you went in there like, Oh, that's why like maybe they beat me up, beat me out or why like that you just went in there, man, we should have been doing this. Were there any of those aha type moments going in and visit them that you thought were just really cool? Not really. I didn't, I don't really, I can't think of anything that just popped out Mm -hmm. that somebody did that was completely different than the way that we did, we did things. Um, But uh, yeah, it was just, I just really enjoyed getting to know these people, Mm -hmm. just all of the good people within the industry. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Has everybody's back. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's especially, I think in the St. Louis area, I feel like it's friendly competition. Like people are pretty willing to help each other out in some ways. It's, it's kind of cool to see. I'm sure there's bad blood out there somewhere that we just don't know about, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, it seems like people are pretty open to, to help each other out and be a resource. Oh yeah. <coughs> for sure. Yeah. So then so then that from then that takes you into action flow is that correct? Okay. Yep, yep. So then yeah. 
came over to Action Flow um, and <laughs> history. Nine months. <laughs> Nine whole months. <laughs> yeah. So what? So back at Hallmark, um, the processes that we had set up is, you know, Reese. People have listened to Reese's podcast. Um, Reese developed a system called Jot over at Hallmark that was basically, you know, had certain processes and um, really helped Hallmark just become the monster that it is today. I mean, I think that having those processes, having um, a plan for everything, being able to report on multiple things really helped them to grow. Um, Because, I mean, Grow, they were growing really, really fast when I was there. It was just amazing the amount of opportunity that there was. And before we had uh, the system in place, you we had these files. And, you know, they'd be sitting on somebody's desk. And it's like, wait a minute, I sent over, I faxed over that PO. Now, where is it? And then you're going through the expediter's desk, like, okay, where, where's the file? Okay, we need to get this template scheduled. And it was... Excel spreadsheets and, um, you know, handwritten notes and emails. And it just was so hard to manage, especially as we were growing. Mm. So by uh, building Jot, it really helped to keep everything in one central location. Mm -hmm. Sure. And um, so coming over to Action Flow, having a basic understanding of what you know, the system was about, uh, that, that really, it was exciting to me because I know how much it helped and saw it happen. Yeah. That's really interesting to have the, yeah, the firsthand experience of before a system like this to after a system like that, just, yeah, you're talking about the night and day difference of tracking down papers and details to now. Yeah. having things in its proper place. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. It's fun to work with both of you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fun talking to fabricators, understanding maybe what issues they're running into and trying to help them figure out the best path forward mm, sure. for them does it feel like a whole separate realm of the stone like does it feel like kind of this third realm of the industry where you have the fabricator the supplier now whatever action flow occupies or mm-hmm. or is it similar to the supplier uh position um i think the biggest difference is it's, it's kind of a, a one-time thing. Like people with the fabrication side, you know, it's, it's a, a relationship sales. So you're, you're continuously selling jobs, supply side, you know, you have your fabricators, you're continuously selling, you know, bundles and slaps to those fabricators on the action flow side, people aren't necessarily re they're not buying your, product over and over sure. again so it's it's more of a one-time one-time deal so yeah um that's that's i think the biggest difference for me mm-hmm. that makes sense the change that happened at hallmark 
I feel like they were ahead of the game in a lot of ways of processes, technology, all that. What were some of the changes, other changes that you saw them take that you you don't necessarily see other places? Like, I feel like there's a, a um, hesitance to change in this industry. So, yeah. I mean, I it the the processes was huge. I think that was like the the place where you could see a big difference because we were holding people accountable and you knew where the job was in the process. Um, you know, with with the, you know, all the remnants. I mean, gosh, there were hundreds, maybe a thousand mm -hmm. remnants. Um, just knowing exactly where those were, you look in the system and you find where that remnant is. Um, so that, that was huge. Um, as far as like equipment, I mean, at the beginning, what, what did we have? A, a bridge saw, um, this sink cutout machine. Um, I mean, it was <laughs> nothing like what we see today. Um, and I think that it was, um, you know, gradually we started getting more, I mean, they were using the, the corrugated plastic board templates and all of that. And finally, before I left, got onto the laser template, uh, bandwagon and, um, but the technology, it, it grew slowly, but it wasn't like. Fred didn't have like the latest and greatest of every machine. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't, he was looking more at like, how do we, you know, he, he wanted to have, um, he cared about his people. He, uh, that, that was super important. He really cared deeply about all of his employees and wanted to make a better life for, for all. Mm. So do you think that um, like incremental approach to change almost helped everyone at Hallmark, like where it wasn't just, eh, we're, we're going diving off the deep end into everything digital right away, like just kind of helping people along, introducing one new change concept uh, one at a time. I, I could imagine a, that would be valuable and as an employee, something that it, you're not just inundated with new, but still embracing that there's that nice balance of, of uh, moving forward, making progress, but not being completely overwhelmed. Yeah, no, I, that's a, that's a great point. And I think that it did help because yeah, if you've got a new machine, I mean, that's a different type of person that has to, that has to program that machine. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, I think taking a slower approach because here's the thing, you buy a new machine that can, you know, increase capacity, you double your capacity but if there was no process behind it, it's not it's not going to make a big difference in your business. So knowing where where you need to look, um, where you need to improve in order to um, grow, I think was important. And Fred was super smart about that. He he was he took a very slow approach. Um, yeah. But you know he thought things through, and it's it worked very, very well for the company for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's slow, but yet deliberate. Like we are going to make change, like with changes going to happen, just not going to feel like you're drinking from a fire hydrant. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah, kind of along those lines and speaking of change, a, a question that we ask is five years from now, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and it can, and it can go any, any direction, but maybe if you have thoughts on the industry, uh, thoughts on change in, yeah, in the industry, do you see any any big predictions uh, as you look into the to the glass? Look into balls, your so crystal, maybe. yeah. Look into your crystal ball, and what do you yeah. see? Uh, yeah, let me see. Um, I mean, it's technology is not going away. Like that's that's what I see. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know everybody needs to look at that and make sure that they're. Um, um, understanding like what, what's going to happen, um, next and, you know, not, not fight it because if we fight it, <laughs> it's going to happen anyway. Right. Uh, people are buying differently. People are, um, uh, uh things are just very, going to be very different, um, than they were five years ago. They already are. And it's, it's not, it's going faster and faster. I feel like mm -hmm. I, I mean, my kids are teaching me things on my iPhone that I didn't even know <laughs> I could do. So yeah. Yes. And that, that, especially in the sales process, the, uh, you know, coming in, paying with a check, the cash, whatever, like, if you're not adapting your sales process to the technology that's now available and how people are buying with the rise in online shopping, then you're going to get left behind. People are technology has made people lazier and late. Like I don't necessarily want to go out to, uh, I don't know. You have to entice them out of their houses almost to come visit yeah. your showroom or whatever. Maybe I, maybe showrooms become less and less important in the future because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. virtual showrooms, virtual showroom or like you come to my house and that like, yeah, yeah. that's it. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I think I've written like two checks in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Right? I remember listening to a guy, this must've been, oh gosh. 10 years ago and he was talking about how showrooms like kitchen and bath showrooms are going away and it's going to be digital. Mm -hmm. And everybody thought he was nuts because it's like, there's no way people have to see it. People have to feel it. And we're already starting to see that where people are buying things sight unseen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and ordering off offline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just really interesting just how forward thinking this, this man was <laughs> and everybody thought he was nuts. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, it is kind of to get back to your Hallmark days with, uh, you, you, we have this move towards virtual laziness, but you go back to what got you through the recession was the relationships and showing up and being around people. And I think that's true. Yeah. What it what does that look like? I don't know the answer, but uh, I think those relationships do matter. And when push comes to shove, 
you're going to go with the person that you know and brought you donuts last Tuesday. Yeah. Especially me. And, yeah. the, you know, the, the World's Fair donuts are delicious. Um, just throwing out the St. Louis places for oh, yeah. anyone that comes and visits <laughs> us. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, oh, the yeah. way to my heart, for sure. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, take a quick break here from our sponsor and then get into the final segment. Are you drowning in remnants? Do you struggle to get quotes out on time? Uh, is your process undefined as you as you go through the job? Action Flow has an answer for each of these questions, and it, it will allow you to rest easy at night knowing that these questions are answered and jobs are flowing through your shop. Visit actionflow.net today to set up your discovery call. We've made it to the point in the episode uh, where I'm always just so thrilled to be uh, the rock seat. This is the hot seat, but uh, Teresa, strap in, get ready. Uh, It's a wild ride here. Uh, Kyle, you want to go first? Yes. What was the last time you walked into someone's house, looked at their countertops, and are like, Dear God, why'd you choose that? Or those are the worst things I've ever seen. Like last time. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't remember. Most of the people's houses I go to seem to have newer things, but I do remember walking into someone's house. I can't remember who it was, but they had Baltic Brown countertops for anybody that remembers good old Baltic Brown. Mm. Um, Pretty rough. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> be in St. Louis. You don't want to disparage anyone's work. <laughs> Got to be careful. Got to be careful. No, no, um, it's more the yeah, color. the color. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe going back to Hallmark. What was the coolest job that you remember being a part of or seeing? Uh, Hallmark do it could have been you could have been involved you could have just seen it uh, come across the desk but what was what was that job oh man I believe and it wasn't one of my jobs I think that there, somebody had a job that was on a boat somebody put a little countertop on their boat mm-hmm. so that be, I wasn't involved so I don't know the specifics that'd be a yeah, challenging install think, yeah a riverboat or like a lake boat? No, I think it was um, like a yacht type boat. I don't know Bigger, where you're taking like a yacht. A, so I guess out to the Ozarks. That's probably the maybe. maybe. Yeah. I don't know where else you're taking. You had to boat. make sure it was there, and yeah, yeah, I think it was a little challenging for the guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean you're pretty landlocked in Missouri. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, getting to a boat. here in Missouri. Well, no, it wasn't here. Like, I don't think it was in St. Louis. Well, it might have been on the Mississippi. I don't That's know. That's strange. But anyway. Uh, I wasn't expecting that working in Missouri, like a yacht boat. <laughs> I was like. Well, I don't think it, it wasn't like, it was like a size of a yacht. I don't think it was a right, yacht. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Could be, yeah, maybe move out to the coast and just have a job replacing countertops on yachts. That could be, a, there you could go. be an opportunity for someone. Uh, 
yeah, you'd hate to have an outdated countertop in your yacht. Yeah, well, I'm sure they all have natural stone <laughs> in those yachts. Yeah. Somebody's already profiting on that. Uh, what countertops are you rocking at home right now? Oh, well, see, I'm one of those people that, you know, I did my kitchen in 2007 and haven't touched it since. Is it, it since, Baltic so. Brown? Oh, okay. Not Baltic Brown. <laughs> um, I've got Solaris in my kitchen, which is gold and browns and creams. Um, and then I did Juperana Classico in my bar. Um, so early 2000s colors. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. What, what kind of edges you got on those things? Just sort of. Oh, I did. Um, e I like eased. Nice. I'm just, so just simple. simple. Yeah. Nice. Nothing. Nothing too fancy. That is nice. Which is in style now. So. That's right. Um, Perfect. You were a forward thinker then. I sure you was. You started the trend, I think. So. <laughs> uh, final question. I'd like to think of it as when you're walking around Tice, what's just the coolest gadget that you see out there or tool or anything? Yeah, I think that those um, those slab like scanners where it looks like a um, those seem pretty cool. Uh, where it's the machine that goes back like and a forth photocopy the of the slab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that's just a really really neat piece of equipment mm -hmm. yeah I, I think those are pretty sick very impressive sure. yeah you could also have said the uh the swiffer booth and get your free swiffer water bottle oh that, that's that would have right. been a high yeah that been up there <laughs> well awesome uh i think that just about does it uh from my standpoint kyle do you have any closing thoughts or Teresa? no none here okay. Yeah, well, thank you guys yeah, for having thanks for me. Coming on appreciate here, it. it was fun. Thank you, and we will talk to you later Probably. today. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, sounds good. All right. <laughs>